Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jehovah Boy. I'm your host, Doug Smith. Thanks so much for tuning in. Glad to have you aboard. I'm back with another solo episode. No guest today, because i got to keep up with those emails. My inbox is getting flooded, thanks to you. I truly appreciate the support. A lot of fan mail, a lot of support from people sharing their story, and it's a beautiful thing. i got to say, I'm truly honored. And I also know that you haven't really made it until you start getting some hate mail. And I got to admit, I'm a little bummed. 20 some odd episodes in, not a single piece of hate mail. And I know there's some disgruntled J-dubs out there that have called into this podcast. And I know you've been taught to turn the other cheek and take the Christ-like stance, but let me have it. Come on, give it to me. It would be an honor to get bitch-slapped by one of Jehovah's chosen few. So, I'd love to hear from you as well. Support's great, but you're nothing without your haters. We all know that. That being said, keep those emails coming in. I really do appreciate the support, and I love the fact that so many of you are sharing your story. Please remember, you do not have to be a Jehovah's Witness to share your story. Almost all the emails I've been getting are from other Jehovah's Witnesses, which is wonderful. I'm glad this is resonating. But there is so much crossover with other religious groups. Scientology, Hasidism, Mormonism. If you're in Children of God, whatever other wacky shits out there that I'm not even aware of, I would love to hear your story as well. I love to hear the parallels between one cult and another. There's so much crossover, so I'd love to hear your story as well. But either way, thank you for your emails. Keep them rolling in. And without further ado, let's get to today's email. Hi, Doug. My name is Sam. I'm 30. I've been out three years now. My story is so long and... My story is so long and winded. Hmm. Long and winded, and there's a lot of dark shit I've seen in my time that I reflect on now that I'm out and at this age. I was extremely submerged in the religion, every aspect of it. I was what you would call the role model Christian sister. My leaving was a huge scandal since I come from a well-known witness family. Hmm. Is she one of the Jacksons? The long-lost William sister, perhaps? They can't all be tennis pros. Who knows? These are the only well-known witness families I know. I shall keep reading. I first want to thank you for creating a podcast to not only shed light on how damaging cults can be, but doing it with humor. Humor was for sure one of the only ways I was able to cope with the realization that I wasted 27 years of my life to the cult. My story is a long one, really long, too long for me to have the ability to write it down but I was in the Jehovah's Witness cult for 27 years. Now, I must take a moment here to pause and pat myself on the back because I imagine most podcast hosts, they got an email from somebody that started with, my story's a long one, really long, too long. They'd be like, well, you're not really selling me on this. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. But I kept reading, damn it, because I care about my people. And if you bother to send the email, I'm going to fucking read it. So, you're welcome. I'm a hell of a guy. Not everyone would do that, but I'm not everyone. So, thank you, Sam. And honestly, 
considering you were in this shit for 27 years, you did, I think you did a pretty good job condensing it. But anyway, uh, let's get back to the email. From Sam, I woke during the pandemic while I was disfellowshipped. So here's a term, woke, woke up. These are terms that I was not privy to uh, when I left the Jehovah's Witness organization. In my time, you know, I left in 2003 and the internet was not what it is now. There was no access to uh, online forums from apostates. There was no YouTube channels. Or if there were, I mean, it was it was still early days. The, the, the technological revolution had not quite begun. So when I left, you only got one point of view when you left, and that was from the people that you left. So when I was coming out, when I was leaving the organization, I was deemed inactive. Uh, I was no longer active in the organization. I was not disfellowshipped. But if you were disfellowshipped, you you defected. You failed. You went to the dark side. Whereas they love to say, you fell into the hands of Babylon the Great. I'd say, oh, well, you lost another one. We lost another one to the abyss. Babylon the Great, that's what they call the world outside of the Jehovah's Witness organization, the rule uh, under Satan's regime. But now that I'm out, I realize that there's uh, woke and woke up are terms used by people who have left because that is the reality. That is it. It's almost like you've been living in a trance a bad dream, and someone finally splashed some water in your face, and you're like, oh, shit, that was a 27-year nightmare. Where am I? What is this? Is this reality? Holy fuck. So, these are very accurate terms, woke and woke up. Jehovah's Witnesses would never say that, but that is the truth of what's happening with these people that leave the organization. Sam continues, I was a pioneer for six years. And if you're new to the podcast, I know I, I, you know what I need to do? I need to, I need to do an episode where it's just a glossary of terms. There's all these terms that are recurring with every episode that if you're new, you might be left in the dust. I feel like, uh, I feel like I need to do a glossary of terms. There's all these pioneering for those of you who are new and don't know. That's when you devote a certain number of hours in the Christian ministry going out knocking on doors. I was an auxiliary pioneer every summer. I would spend 60 hours in one in one month knocking on doors as a child. I, I was a child laborer for uh, most of my life. Now, regular pioneers put in 90 hours a month. Special pioneers put in 120 hours a month. And then you have missionaries who not only put in more time than that, but traveled all over the world to places where Jehovah's Witnesses are either banned, um or have not really uh, set foot, they'll send them to the Amazon rainforest to preach to tribes who've never even seen other civilizations before. They truly try to spread the good news of God's kingdom far and wide to the furthest reaches of the earth. So, sounds like if she was a pioneer, I'm imagining a regular pioneer, uh, 90 hours a month, which is quite an ask. On top of the rest of your life that you're living. These people have to work too, in addition to 90 hours of volunteer service knocking on doors. 
So as Sam says, I was a pioneer for six years. I traveled to different places for service. I was in the foreign language congregation, Hindi. I was constantly surrounded by people telling me how to live and what to do and not to do and how to dress and how to speak so often that it would land me in the hospital or psych ward multiple times. Now, honestly, I'm surprised that I don't hear about this more often. If Jehovah's Witnesses landed you in the psych ward, I'd love to hear that story. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure of it, because there's so much control, so much manipulation of every thought and action, and there's no positive reinforcement. You're never doing enough. The bar is always being raised. You're always held to a higher standard, and it's certainly enough to break you. So, uh, it's devastating that the, that this happened to this woman, but I I would be shocked that this was not a more common occurrence. Pardon the interruption, folks. Just wanted to urge you to please keep those questions rolling in. If you're curious about how my childhood might compare to yours, whether you were in the organization or not, feel free to ask me anything. We do AMA episodes, and your question may be featured on the show. And if you'd like to be featured on the show even further, I urge you to please share your story, whatever religious affiliation you may have been in or are still currently involved in, I'd love to hear from you. Share your story, and you can be featured on the pod. Email me at jehovahboypodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to my YouTube for extended clips from every episode, and very soon we will be posting our full back catalog. That's right, very soon you will be able to watch every previous episode in full if you subscribe to my YouTube channel now, youtube.com slash at Smith. Now, back to the program. Sam continues, At many points, I would leave the house at 6 a.m. and not come back until 10 p.m. Because keep in mind, 90 hours a month, this is her commitment. And whatever you got to do to fill that quota, you might have to take a week off. What if you're sick? What if you have some uh, uh, prior commitment or you have to do, you know, put in overtime at work or uh, you got a deadline for something? Sometimes those 90, sometimes you got to take a week off and you got to cram a bunch of hours into the final week of the month. So yeah, I remember days where I would do the same thing. Leave it at uh, 6 a.m., spend all day, take a lunch break, right back at it, knocking on doors all day long. That is sometimes how the cookie crumbles. Leaving the house at 6 a.m., not come back until 10 p.m. I was a faithful and strong Christian woman and a role model for the sisters in the congregation. My stepdad was an elder and my mom a pioneer. A model family, pristine, but many skeletons in the closet. I was going to school while being a pioneer, while working a full-time job, while paying rent to my parents, while also trying to fit my hobbies in. Hobbies? Honestly, I have never met a single Jehovah's Witness who had time for hobbies. Not a possibility. This is, uh, I'm not going to say you lost me here, Sam, but yeah, no shit. There is no time for hobbies. Even as a kid, three meetings a week, daily Bible study, knocking on doors every weekend, in addition to trying to eke my way through school while trying to maintain a C average. The hobbies are out of the question. My guidance counselor was constantly asking me why I was tired all the time 
because I had the energy of a single mom that was working two jobs. And I actually knew a Jehovah's Witness kid who, on top of, had a single mom, this kid had a single mom, so on top of the commitment of three meetings a week, knocking on doors every weekend, daily Bible study, was working two jobs to support her child. And I remember hearing her one time say to my mom, oh my God, I just wish a man would come along and sweep me off my feet and take care of me. And I'm sitting there thinking, me too, sister. This is fucking grueling. So yeah, hobbies were the last thing on my radar. I only lasted going to college for two years and dropped out due to the pressure of the congregation elders and nosy sisters and family telling me it wasn't worth it because the end was near. Yes, the end that has been falsely predicted five times. The end uh, has not come soon enough for millions of witnesses around the world who have spent their entire lives in a state of poverty because they've been They've been brainwashed of this promise that Armageddon would save them from financial ruin. Generations of witnesses who have subscribed to the idea that higher education is not necessary, striving to achieve financial success is not a priority because the end is around the corner. Why immerse all this time and energy and money in higher education and focusing on a career path when... You're going to be saved. You don't need you don't need a graduate degree when you're living forever in a paradise earth. Millions, literally millions of witnesses have subscribed to this idea and spent their whole lives destitute because of this false promise. We'll be right back. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Sam continues, I dealt with bullying from other sisters and brothers, and the spirit of competition was very much alive. I have seen the dark sides of Bethel and Pioneer School. Again, glossary of terms. We need it. Bethel is where these compounds, for lack of a better word, where Jehovah's Witnesses basically receive free room and board um, in exchange for their services, working working the printing press or, um, you know, it, this, the organization started out as a publishing company and then transformed itself into a religion, but they need a lot of support to keep this machine running all volunteer, all on a volunteer basis. They get a stipend of when I left, it was a hundred dollars a month. I hope that they've raised it since then, but you're, you know, They're basically utilizing slave labor. Where were we? Bethel Pioneer School. That's where they teach you to, you know, you know what pioneering is now. Pioneer School is where basically they teach you how to have rebuttals to everybody who's saying they're not interested. 
Sam goes on, I was active in LDC Kingdom Hall construction volunteer and always offering my time wherever needed. This was a reminder for me that I couldn't believe I forgot this. Kingdom Halls, which glossary of terms, is uh, their place of worship. They don't call it a church. They call it a kingdom hall. And they're constantly being built. Maybe not as much anymore because I know that their membership is diminishing. But when I was coming up and the numbers were growing, kingdom halls were being built around the world on an ongoing basis. And again, everything is on a volunteer basis. They don't they don't hire actual contractors and companies to build these. It's built by their members. So there's also a fucking Habitat for Humanity program in place on top of everything else. So, yeah, free meetings a week, knocking on doors, daily Bible study, uh, in addition to continued slave labor, uh, building kingdom halls. I remember... I remember nine years old walking around with a hard hat and a pair of carpenter jeans with a hammer in my belt loop uh, fetching munchkins for people who were actually doing the real work, you know? Filling up a styrofoam cup of coffee. That was that was my duty at the quick build, they call it. They try to build an entire kingdom hall in like a single weekend. So shoddy construction, to say the least. I don't know how many witnesses have been killed by crumbling shoddy construction from these quick builds that they pride themselves on back to the email constantly burning out and still being told i wasn't doing enough at one point they took my pioneering away just because i was short 80 hours for the year because i had gotten sick now keep in mind if this was a job 80 hours that's 80 hours in a year Yes, that would certainly be grounds for uh, uh, a punishment of some sort, namely firing. 80, that's two work weeks short. If I worked at Best Buy and I came up 80 hours short, I would definitely get the axe. But keep in mind, regular Pioneer, 90 hours a month, that's, that's 1,080 hours for the year. So 80 hours... In, in the grand scheme of things, is a drop in the bucket. And it's a volunteer service. It's not a job. If you volunteer at a soup kitchen and you don't show up, they're not, they're not going to give a shit. So this is not a volunteer. This is s- slavery. Slaves don't get paid, but if you take a smoke break, there's going to be hell to pay. So she comes up 80 hours short for the year after putting in, you know, she put in her 90 hours every other month one month she was uh she was short and they they took away her one her one thing that she could pride herself on being a being a regular pioneer my identity was so tied to being a pioneer i felt so lost and that i had let jehovah down i didn't know what to do after that because what is a single sister without a mate a single sister can't do all the cool things unless she's a pioneer Again, Sam, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about here. What cool things are there? In 20 years as a witness, I never witnessed one cool thing. I'm glad you did, but I did not. So I know single sisters are encouraged to find a mate as soon as possible. But cool things, if you if you can send me a follow-up email and enlighten me on the cool things, I'd love to know. She continues, I felt so lost 
And like such a failure, I married the first man that came along. I divorced him within a year since he ended up raping me, and my parents and elders didn't think that was wrong since he was my husband. Yes, because rape is not grounds for divorce. Only infidelity. Makes perfect sense, right? It's not a cult, they'll tell you. It's not a cult. Ah, your husband's raping you. Turn the other cheek. Take the Christ-like stance. If he's cheating on you, oh no, you gotta leave this guy. It's the most batshit insane thing. It blows my mind. Anyway, Sam continues, That was the moment I felt something didn't feel right. I have always had little moments of doubts or questions, but they never bloomed because I was so heavily indoctrinated and in the system. But this time... It was COVID, and there was no mingling in being surrounded by it all. I started investigating it all and went down the rabbit hole. This is interesting. I, this kind of dawned on me. I think that's half the reason they keep you so busy with the meeting attendance and the volunteer service and the you know, knocking on doors, quick builds, daily Bible study. They know they, they kind of need to keep you exhausted. They need to keep you so busy in the organization because they know, especially now, with all the portals to apostasy with online media, they know if you've got even an ounce of free time to do a single Google search, you will find a whole world out there to knock you off course. This being one of them, you're welcome. Sam continues, there's obviously a lot to unpack, but that's the gist of it. I felt angry at the time stolen from me. I felt angry at the opportunities I missed out on, like school friends, trips, scholarship, jobs, and sports. I was gaslighted and shamed and guilted in order to keep me in line. I didn't have the tools to be able to connect with people because all I knew was how to scheme my way into a conversation about God. Yeah, that's not going to help you very much in a job interview, is it? You sit down with the head of the company. So, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, in 10 years, I uh, I see myself enjoying everlasting life after Jehovah has obliterated the rest of humankind at Armageddon. You and all these motherfuckers in here will be long dead unless you get your shit together. So, what do you say? You want to be saved? That's not going to get you the job. But yes, that is that is the only thing that you're equipped to do is is uh, scheme your way, perfectly put, scheme your way into a conversation about God. Any, that's that, and that, and they, they don't call it that. They call it informal witnessing. Standing in line to get coffee. You're that, and that's what you're trained to do. Any exchange with any non-believer, you're, you can't just have small talk with a non-believer, even if you're talking about nothing offensive, even if they're not trying to lure you to the dark side or immerse you in the culture of Babylon the Great. You can't even ba- barely have an exchange about the weather unless it's a rainy day, huh? You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till it's raining fire and brimstone. Everything is turned into, they're, they're looking for pathways into dropping these truth bombs about the new system and and the possibility to be saved. So yes, this is perfect. How to scheme your way into a conversation about God. You're not taught how to manage money. You're not taught how to, um, you know, invest, how to market yourself, how to live in the real world and establish yourself as a functioning adult at all. It's all about conversations that will lead toward 
proselytizing and converting people. Back to the email. Now in my new normal life, I'm still learning social skills. I'm learning to make friends. I have a great career that I wouldn't have had I hadn't taken even those two years of college. I have a wonderful partner. It's a shame I spent so much time in anger and resentment. I'm not at a point of acceptance, and I'm trying to continue to speak out, especially on the child abuse cases, about all the lies within the organization. I've been officially out three years. I feel like a toddler, honestly. I may have lost my whole family, community, and friends, but freedom doesn't have a price. And I can finally breathe. Thanks, Sam. In the words of the immortal Janis Joplin, freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. No truer words have ever been spoken. But thank you, Sam. I, for what it's worth, I felt like a toddler too. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say I still feel like a toddler. I've been out for 20 years. I'm 40 years old. In a lot of ways, I feel like a 20-year-old because real life doesn't start until you're out. So you've been out three years. Sounds like you're doing pretty damn good. I'm still trying to figure it all out myself. And honestly, every now and then, I tell people I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I have people tell me all the time, really, you seem so well-adjusted. I would never have guessed that you were in a cult. Good for you. But every now and then, I'll say something bonkers. And one of my buddies in particular, I have one buddy, I'll say something bonkers, and he'll give me the side eye. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, you were in a cult. And it's such a one, I've, I now use that. It's a wonderful get out of jail free card. So please do the same. Nothing buys compassion by telling people you were in a cult. You'd say the most off the wall shit. Ah, I was in a cult. Climate change is a lie. QAnon's the truth. Well, I was in a cult. Maybe not everybody should use it, but you have license to use it. It does sound like you're on the right path and you're doing great and I wish you all the best. So thank you so much for sending this in, Sam. We appreciate you. But thank you all for tuning in. That's the episode. Thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate you. If you're not already following me on Instagram, please do so. Uh, Who Doug Smith is my Instagram handle. Hop on there. Give me a follow. Post clips from every episode. Stand-up clips. Upcoming tour dates. Um, please remember to email the show if you would like to, uh, share your story, uh, support us on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Jehovah boy, and subscribe to my YouTube, youtube.com slash at Smith. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all. I appreciate the support. And remember, let's get that hate mail going. Give me all your love. Show me all your hate. You ain't nothing without your haters. Give it to me, baby. I love you. I'll see you next week. Goodbye.